Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Karen Sands on the line. Karen, how are you? I'm great. Glad to be here. Happy to have you here. And we were talking about uh, the future and the pre-show and you know how everybody's longing for the future, especially during a pandemic. But share with the audience a little bit about you and then we'll dive right into the conversation. Sure. Um, well, I've been around the future for a very, very long time. And so I've been watching these trends moving and moving. I actually started tracking these trends back in my 20s and 30s. I'm now 77 as of uh, two weeks ago. So I've been at it for a while. And I remain an optimist. I see tremendous potential, but we have to get past where we are right now. And so I don't want to sound like a Pollyanna because I'm not. I'm really real clear about the the trends. But there is positivity at the end. Um, One of the things I've been very concerned about is everybody's trying to get to the future when we don't even know how to define what that is. And we're not for a while. Um, Even with the push to open up businesses and open up cities and schools, which I don't think is going to last long. That's a personal opinion based on all these surges that we're having. Um, And I don't think it's smart. But nevertheless, at some point, we will really get to that other side. But none of us know what it's going to look like. You have companies talking about staying remote forever. You have others that are saying, oh, no, we're going to rush back and get people to work. The change that's come in people's lives and families um, and their just personal joie de vivre beyond the fears of COVID, you know, I'm putting that aside for now, of course, but the idea that they could be home, that they could spend time with their families and still be highly productive employees is not going away, right? I mean, just look at the move of people that are buying new homes all across the country so that now there's no inventory of rentals or to purchase because people are saying, I don't have to live this way anymore. So I want people to open up to this new future, not rush so much to have it because we don't even know what it looks like yet. We have to dial back to what do we want the future to look like individually and collectively, right? But in fact, what I did a year ago, I just, I just closed out this uh, forum. I was doing a future-proof forum to take people through through 2020 into 2021. I never thought it would go quite this long, of course. And um, to have a forum for a year with everybody showing up is, is rather unique and amazing. But it was because people didn't know what to do and they needed a place where they could just be real and really look at, okay, where am I now? Where am I headed? What's gonna happen in between? But we're all still in that place. So I really wanna stress that we should not be hurrying up to pivot and start something new. This is still time to pause and pivot, pause and pivot and keep examining because these trends aren't going away. They really aren't. So the the opportunity is, first of all, I think people have to realize whether you're 30 years old or you're my age, 77, this is a new world of longevity. We are living to long, long ages, but the earth is calling us and saying, this is the 11th hour. If we don't get it together, all generations 
I want to get rid of this gap that's been put there by, truthfully, the media, I believe, um, and false, false uh, equivalencies about all the generations. The truth is we all need each other. My whole team is under 40 besides me. No, excuse me. One is in her 60s. Everybody else is under 40 or under 30. Because I need them to jive me up and they need me for my wisdom and experience. Together, we make a new world. So to me, that's what the future is really about. So I'd like people to just calm down, step back, and take a look at who they really are and what they really want. If you don't know what you want, then why worry about the future? Right? So we all have to get there. And that's especially true for people who are 50 plus. And some of the some of the new stats that are coming out are, are kind of amazing. Um, I, I just got this from uh, a new ARP study, which I was at first not um, keen on when it first came out because the numbers seemed really wacky, um, but they've now updated them due to COVID, et cetera. And I just want to share these with your audience because it's really exciting in many, many ways. Um, first of all, let me just get this back to uh, baby boomers where I wanted to start. Sorry. Okay. So the 58, 50 plus age cohort, by the way, I believe uh, I work with people that are 35 and up. That's, that's the majority of my audience. But most of the demographers uh, and in aging and longevity start with 50 for whatever reason. So the 50 plus age cohort contributes trillion to the U.S. economy each year. That's 40% of our GDP. So we can't dismiss the value of our older population and our older workers. And I believe that the future of work is going to be driven by the boomers and innovated by all the younger generations. (laughs) So together we will do that. But the interesting part is in 2030, when the first of the millennials are turning 50, we will be contributing 12.6 trillion to the US economy. And when the Gen Zers, my grandkids, will be turning 50, then we'll be contributing 26.8 trillion to the economy. So there's a tremendous value that most people who are 40s and 50s have lost sight of. And they need to take that back. We need to value ourselves as a concrete force for change and innovation in in this country and the world. So that's my future, you know, my future view about people need to understand these demographics so they don't get lost in the shuffle. There's a lot of opportunity. It doesn't feel like it now because everything's stuck and nobody knows where it's going. And that's the key thing is... And I love this. I've heard the phrase, this is an opportunity for the great reset. And I, you know, in the way that you describe Absolutely. it is, is amazing because we have the opportunity and it's, it's rare. Not that we didn't have the opportunity to, to do it before, but when everything is kind of in this pause, we can reflect and we can go, all right, what do we want to do? The, the point you made about how so many organizations have made the decision which will be interesting to see long-term if they stick with exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. But the decision to say, we are going to stay remote, um, even when things are, quote-unquote, open again. So you're seeing this mass exodus of everybody leaving big cities, you know, San Francisco and exactly. you know, large areas. New where York. New York, yep. where it's very expensive. And 
and it's shifting things and you're seeing you're seeing interesting patterns as far as like housing for you know the, exactly you know the housing prices are skyrocketing, skyrocketing in florida you know where you know my mom you know who you know we lost my dad about a, a little just over a year ago and she mm. moved up to michigan um uh, to be closer to my brother and and whatnot and you know, she sold her house in Florida and you know, I don't even know what the market is in that area now, but I know it's up um, oh, even it's up. higher, you know, because it's just everybody's vacating those big cities because they want a little bit more elbow room and, and something a little bit bigger than 372 square feet. Exactly. And, and that's what exactly. they want. And in time, that may shift and people go, you know what, I want to be closer to the city again. And it, it's all these patterns shift in time because um, each, you know, each century passes and, you know, it, it, sometimes we get wrapped up in our own, and this is fine because this is the reality we know, right. we get wrapped up in what the world is now right. and it's difficult. And not what it will be. Yeah. And we have a say on what it will be like. And I love the fact that you are a champion for getting every age group. You know, I agree with you. The media media likes to compartmentalize things. It's like the old record store. You know, you're not going to have Dave Brubeck next to (laughs) Metallica. You might, but then you've got somebody that is, you know, a little, little bit, you know, weird on, on the generations. But I, from my standpoint, <laughs> I think that's a great idea because it's like, okay, yeah, you listen to, let's say somebody listens to Metallica, it's like, check out Dave Brubeck or, you know, Dave Cobb, exactly. listen to some jazz, listen to some blues, exactly. listen exactly. to, you know, listen Just to, open you know, it up, open it up and gives you some new vision. It, it, it It's like exactly. a new prescription and it makes such a big difference in, in having a more holistic view of how the world is because it's bigger than we can see. And again, the opportunities are there. Uh, and I'm, of course, you know, nothing would make me happier than have everything be open and not, not from a convenience standpoint, No, but, but it's just but life. It's yeah. life. And yeah, I know a lot of people have been struggling with things and they may not be working exactly. or a variety of other things. And you, you, you want, you want people to thrive. You want people to grow. Right. But, Again, this is one of those opportunities saying, okay, yeah, you, you do some things during this time. You can be better than you were w- before this pandemic hit. And that's okay. an opportunity that I really hope people take advantage of. Which is why, now I'll bring this up, which is why I'm starting this series of master courses, the first of which is called, well, the whole series is called Future by Design. Because it's time for us to be really conscious about the future we design for ourselves and collectively. And so this is what the course is about because people need to take back and and it's hard to do on our own. We have to take back our own agency and authority about how we move through this world and what the world looks like for us. And that's every age group together as well as individually. Yeah. And it's almost like this time there's a, a silver lining in this horrific pandemic an economic downturn that we've been through or job economic return. And um, I love E.E. Cummings quote, and it's the eyes of my eyes are opened. The eyes of my eyes are opened. And that's what's happening. People are now seeing as if for the first time where their quality of life has been right? What really matters to them and who really matters to them. And that, we can't lose that. It's such a gift to have been 
able to receive the, the, those of us that are still on the planet. My God, look what we've received. And that has to stay with us and value each other, but mostly value ourselves. And that's been lost. And I, I was thinking about it this morning when I thought about um, the, the title of, of your podcast, which is about burnout, right? And these times are enormous burnout because of especially not only all of intersectionality, but especially right now about ageism and age discrimination and age bias. And I say that across the age spectrum. I'm very much about agelessness and being ageless across generations. You know, you're either too young, you haven't had enough experience. What are we going to do with you? Or are you too old? Let's get rid of you because you know we're no longer relevant. And then everybody in the middle, like Gen Xers, are like, okay, where do we fit? So we have to stop this. We just have to stop this and realize that there are gifts in, in all of this. For one thing, baby boomers, I want them to realize, um, 50 plus, let's say, because uh, that's where the early boomers, uh, the, sorry, the later boomers are, um, is that you have learned through the Great Recession more than any other generation today, right? About how to be resilient, how to create entrepreneurial positions, all of these new things that we've been able to do those skills are needed now more than ever before. And the young people, the younger generations, especially the X's and Y, I'm sorry, the Z's and Y's, they haven't had enough life experience to fall on their face enough to be resilient. They will, like all of us, it comes to, to all of us sooner or later. But if we bring that together, we can deal with sustainability and climate change. I mean, you talked about people moving to Florida. You know, hello, how long do you think you're going to live in Florida? The seas are rising. I mean, this is no, we're not kidding. This is really serious. And I live in the Northwest Hills of Connecticut. So I'm in a bubble. I don't even get hit, thank God, by all of the issues of climate change. We probably will be at some point, but not yet because we're in inner in as well. But it's there and it's big and people are forgetting about it. We have to deal with this now. And that's going to take all the generations. We don't have time. There's no dress rehearsal for this one, right? This is the future. So I want to bring something else. What I, what I hear a lot about from young people is um, what's the opportunity? Why bother? Who cares? They're really scared about all these, all these things that are pretty scary, right? But I believe that it is one of the most optimal times for people to innovate, to create new opportunities, not only in the sustainability or climate change area, but in the aging area, the amount of potential job opportunity is enormous. And it's a very exciting field. It's, it's almost like when we went to the you know, moon, we went to space, you know, everything we learned out there or innovated new brought back to the whole population. It's the same thing with dealing with the aging population. And I say aging, I mean 45 and up. We're all, and, and we're all aging. I mean, let's get over it. You know, this is, that's what life is, it's aging. <laughs> so if we could only own it. And I want young people to realize there is so much opportunity, so much both in climate change and in the aging world. The, the innovation in technology and aging that's going on now is, is just beyond words. And there's so much more room. And I, I want to read some stats, okay? 
Now, I'm not saying everybody wants to wipe out diaper pans in, in, in a long-term care facility, and I don't think there are going to be a lot of those nursing homes left afterwards anyway, because we found out how badly run they are. I mean, people in the field knew, but now everybody knows. <laughs> so, But here's some, per, some trends. Personal care and home health care jobs will be 50% of U.S. workers by 2022. Now, that was pre-COVID. 50%. Job growth will be up 38% in this whole aging and healthcare arena. We need 5 million jobs this year. And we don't have them. We're not, we're not filling them. We need seven care workers for every one baby boomer. We don't have them. And now after COVID, I mean, look what's happened to our nursing and medical care. I mean, they're, they're so stressed out. So I just want people to realize, don't say there's nothing around because there is. Don't say the world is ending and it's over. Your longevity is a gift to make that difference. And I'll be right there, you know, supporting you through it. But I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent, but I feel so strongly about this. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've known of... My mom worked at a nursing home when I was a kid. Ah, okay. And, so you've seen it. So I've seen that was, you know, that would have been in the 80s. And I, I've heard horror stories of, you know, some relatives that were in them. And, you know, not just, you know, the theft of property. I mean, you know, somebody stole my uncle's false teeth. You know, I mean. <laughs> oh, I mean. I'm sorry. On. It's not funny, but it's no, so but absurd. It, but, but it's, it's like, so um, it's like, that's not those aren't going to fit your mouth. They're, 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 they, 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 there's a reason why they shape things. Um, so, oh, you know, I'm you sorry. hear those That's stories, sick. but it is. And, you know, th- that's just one of the stories. And of course, you know, we hear, you know, the absolute, you know, dramatic numbers of percentage of people that have died of COVID-19 in the nursing and long-term care homes is stratus. It's just a different stratosphere from what the rest of the population is. And you go, what? How? Yeah. Right. How? Why? Yeah, you know, exactly. how? Why? You know, it's like that should be, you know, and, and then, you know, you start peeling back that onion and you go, wow. So exactly. to your point, you know, and I was at a, an event, this was uh, a few years ago where a, a research uh, industry uh, in Toronto did a study. They did, a, I think it was a five-year study, I think uh, through Mars Research Group and other stuff like that. And then they basically said that at least, and of course, this is before the pandemic, you know, the 25% of the jobs that exist today won't in 2030. Not, exactly. not because of economy problems. It's just through automation, advances, and things like that. We don't need those jobs anymore. Exactly. So a lot of people initially go, well, are, we, are we all going to go on government assistance? Are there right. not going to be any jobs? <laughs> well, I mean, the stat you just gave where it's like for every baby boomer, you need seven people to assist them. And, exactly. and I know that I, I know what that is. Cause you know, my, my late grandmother, she, you know, she passed away about 20 years ago. I can't believe it's hard 20 years, but, um, it goes fast, <laughs> but she had Louis, she had Louis body dementia, which uh-huh. required 24 seven care for her. And she lasted seven years of 24 seven care, which was performed by my mom, 
my aunt and my two uncles, and then they had respite oh, workers wow. come in on Fridays to give everybody a break. So they did a rotation. They did that for seven years. Seven years. And oh. she was completely bedridden, couldn't speak, moaned, you know, just it was horrible quality of life and you know exactly you don't want to get into debates about ending life early or anything like that because they obviously as a family chose you know not to to go that path but there were you know five or six people involved all the time and they were grinding and working and all of this stuff and and what as, kind of life is that for anybody for anybody right. for the caregivers or exactly you know, the, you know, the person they're taking care of. So, you know, governments and bodies and all that stuff need to make sure that these types of roles that are needed right now, not, it's not like, they're, they're needed. They were needed a long time ago there. And they, the demand has been there and it's like address those things and the the opportunity for advances, aging, doing different things going, okay, how can we figure out a way to make sure that, you know, you know, our generations, like you said, you know, from the forties up, okay, let's start designing what things could look like to make life easier to deliver whatever service that you'll need and have that graduate to different levels, depending on what you need. And it's exactly. And and Mm -hmm. I think that's where investments and, and science and opportunities all come in. And say, when you say 50% of jobs are going to be in that market, um, yeah, that, that's pretty that, amazing. That I, if if you're ready to go, you know, and you're studying to do something, you're like fresh out of high school, going, "Hmm, what should I work in?" Uh, well, exactly. When fifty percent of the jobs out there are going to be in this type of role, that you, you can probably, unless you really have a special niche or niche on right. what you want to do in life, exactly. Exactly. Go, go where the opportunities are. You can do other yeah. things too, but, but it's, yeah. it's right there. But, I mean, but if you think about it, if you can combine high tech, if you can combine AI with aging care, I mean, whoa, because then that's going to affect healthcare for every age group. The other thing I want, there's two other things I want to do, uh, address too, is back to the younger people in terms of their concern about the future. Um, you know, it used to be you'd have six jobs maybe in your life. Now it's six to 10 careers in your life. So to think that this is over and done is, is really short-term thinking for young people. It's, to me, it's, look, I'm 77, so I can say that. I'm so excited about the, about the potential for long life and long life learning, not just lifelong learning, but long life learning for all of us so that people who are in their teens can say, hey, I'm going to be 77. How do I want my 77 to look like? Do I want it to be look like her or do I want it to be look like, you know, Joe, whatever it is. Now's the time for all of us to be thinking about age is an ongoing process. It's not a, it's not a thing to be afraid of. I mean, there's a lot of obviously myths around it that make it scary. I'm not scared of any, but I'm so excited to be 77 and still here, right? And still pumping. And I will keep pumping until until I'm carted out. So it's a whole nother view. I, I am so optimistic about the potential for youth. If they could just take off the fear stuff and look at, whoa, everything is open. And we have so much coming down the pike. It's, it's really 
fascinating. But I also want to go back to, again, where I started, I kind of got off on a tangent, as I said, about um, your theme about burnout. Because if I look now at where I'm, I'm also focusing, which is on age, age bias, ageism and age discrimination, um, young and old, obviously, but it's impacting women to an extent that we never thought was going to come again, where women are leaving the workforce in droves, either being pushed out or realizing they had to get out because they had families to take care of, obviously, and they couldn't do it all. Um, but what is concerning me is that all the gains that women have made from when I started as a feminist in the 60s, right, till now are really shrinking back. So we have to really stay on top of this because if it's affecting women, it's affecting every group. Women are just the ones that we're, you know, feeling it the most. And women themselves have to say, wait, whoa, 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 we haven't lost our value in fact, we have more value. We just have to bring that value into a different format. So it may not be climbing the ladder unless that's what we want to do in corporate. It may be um, a, a consortium of women creating new uh, new ventures. You know, I'm just throwing it out there because I see it on, I, I was doing an age bias. This is something fascinating. I posted something on age bias and um, technology. Uh, this is about three, it was in February. I don't remember how many weeks ago now, but five weeks or so. And, um, I got over 60,000 views now guaranteed. I looked probably a hundred times. So we'll take that out of the 61,000, but come on. It's a lot of people saying hands up, hands up. I want to know more. I'm, I'm facing this. What do I do about it? And so I started something called an age, uh, my first one was called Future Works Forum Age Bias Exploration. And it was a fabulous turnout and, and exploration. Now I see ageism showing up all over. Everybody, even if they've never been in the field, wants to jump. You know, everybody's looking for something. So, okay, now I'm an expert in ageism. But in any case, uh, be careful, everybody out in the public. Make sure you're working with people that know what they're doing and have been around it a long time. Um, but my point is that is a pressure that's causing so much burnout and stress. Um, not, not, it used to mostly be women because the conflation of, of uh, sexism and, and ageism was deadly, deadly. But now the men are feeling it in droves, you know, from, and it's starting, you know, now over the hill. Well, when the 60s, we used to say, if you're over 30, don't trust them, right? So now, if you think about it, almost all the CEOs in our country, almost all, are clearly over the age of 30. Most of them are boomers. Most of the CFOs are age 55 to 65. So, we're, you know, it, there is no, I can't trust you because you're over 30. We're, yeah, almost all of us are over 30 in the workforce, right? So, but there's this pressure that is growing where people are not making waves, which means they're not innovating. They're shutting down. They're scared, even if they're out of the office, because they're waiting for the chopping block that they are too old. So over the hill now, it's so frightening for me to say this, is 35. You're old in corporate America if you're 35 or 40. You're old. You're over. Career's done or on its way out. That's absurd. Yeah, it's that's it's appalling. And and especially when we know the average lifespan, I mean, you're not even halfway there yet and you're going, wait a minute. Most of us will live, most of us will live to 90 and mm -hmm. those who are 
who want to anyway, <laughs> will live to, right now the max is 114. Yeah. But I will tell you, two of my dearest, beloved mentors, one is going to be 102, and the other one is going to be 104. So, hello, folks. Yeah. Long, long life. We have a lot to do together. It's actually very, very exciting. And I can't, you know, share enough in, in the short time we have together. But, but please don't give up on yourself. Don't let the burnout take you down. We will find a way through this. We have what it takes, but we have to value ourselves, all, all age groups. Yeah, and I think that's the key takeaway for people in preventing burnout and even this you know, great opportunity to design the future the way that it'll work well is, one, value yourself. Two, seek the guidance and partner up with every age you can find. Um, Absolutely. Because the experiences from someone that's in their 20s and 30s is different than my experiences in my early 50s and years and having difficulty wrapping around your 77 but that's okay um, <laughs> i do too sometimes i go really <laughs> well you know my i my i have a 19 year old daughter and she you know she asked me dad do you feel like you're in your 50s i'm like i don't know what 50s is supposed to feel, feel like exactly. I didn't I didn't I didn't get a workbook exactly. that said when you're 50 you're supposed to I I I it's hard, it's hard to say I don't feel I don't feel an age I mean there are moments right. where um, yeah obviously maturity experience life experiences and all that stuff get wisdom and things like that I you know I definitely know that I am smarter than I was when I was her age I'm still dumb and I got a long way to go but you know that's looking forward to that long way and figuring out, right. okay, how do I get less dumb? And, and that's, you know, just approaching life with a, a curiosity and opportunity, I think makes it so much more rich and fulsome for, for everybody involved. And the fifties, well, first of all, let's, let's get age uh, straight, uh, defined differently. There are at least people in the aging feel like myself and I've, I've been for so long now is there are four ages that we look look at. There's the first age, second age, and then when you move into midlife, it's the third age and it's been extended. And then the fourth age, I'm now in the beginning of the fourth age. So midlife really in my book starts at 45, some people, uh, sorry, 40, some people even 35, but 40 all the way to 75. It's been extended. So it's the same issues we will face in midlife, whether it was shorter or longer. There's a whole, it's a wonderful age because there's a reckoning. You have to redefine who you want to be for the rest of your life. And the beauty about being 50 or early 50s or any time in 50s is that you have that vista before you to choose from. It's not like, oh my God, I'm going tomorrow. You know, <laughs> you have so much ahead of you and now you can choose how you want to be versus our first and second ages. We didn't have a heck of a lot of choice. It was predefined for us in most cases. Now we have a choice to really define it. That's, that's a fantastic gift. Fantastic wow. gift. Yep. And I embrace every moment of it. That's for sure. So Karen, I've yeah. loved our conversation. I am so Thank thankful you. for you and the work you do. So where can people find out more about you and this incredible Well, let me you? tell you a couple of things. Um, if, if it's okay to do that, the, I've, 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 uh, published 12 books 
Um, four or five of them are on Amazon. The others I haven't done that yet. But these two, which I don't know, can you see them or are they showing as a mirror image? You can. Okay. Um, both of them are bestsellers. They are must reads. I'm updating the stats in them now, but the essence is still the same. Um, so they'll they'll be they're on the shelves. They're on Amazon now. They are must reads. This one, Gray is the New Green, is all about the why you should know about what's going on in the longevity economy, and that affects all of us. The Ageless Way is a groundbreaking evergreen book about the future of aging and the future that we all are entering into and how we want to create it, which is, by my view, the Ageless Way. And so that's it. Those are the biggies. Um, you can go to just karensands.com. And to find out about the, uh, uh, sorry, my upcoming Future by Design, which is starting April 8th, one third, uh, sorry, 1 to 2.30 on Thursdays, you could just go to karensands.com slash FBD. F like Frank, B like boy, D like dog. Sorry. (laughs) That'll be awesome. I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. Karen, thank you so much for this great great conversation. This is such a pleasure. Thank you so much and enjoy your day. You too. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.